Amen. Well, it's good uh, to be out with everybody again tonight. Uh, we're just going to start off with our awkward illustration using David, if that's okay with it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're not going to do that. Anyways, what I am going to do uh, is I'm going to attempt to preach a Christmas message from Joshua, from the book of Joshua. And I'm going to just be real honest with you. In my head, this is going to be beautiful and amazing and encouraging and all of those wonderful things. And we're all just going to go there by faith. All right, that's what's going to happen. Uh, Pastor, by the way, wanted me to make sure that I expressed his love to everyone. He, he wasn't able to be here. He wanted to be uh, to preach. And so he was very excited to offer me up to you guys tonight. So he loves you very much. Anyways, uh, if you do have your Bibles, if you would go to uh, Joshua... If you go to Joshua, we're going to start in Joshua chapter 23. If you're a movie person like I am, um, you know there's a common thing that they'll do in movies where they, they start the movie off, but they're already like way into the story, and they show you some crazy action scene, and then they like two years earlier, and, they, and then you watch how it got to that point. That's kind of how we're going to do that tonight. Uh, so in Joshua chapter 23, what we find is Joshua's farewell to Israel. In other words, Joshua knows he's going to die. And Joshua gives a farewell address to the leaders and the officials and the judges and all that stuff, like the key people for the nation of Israel, like the representatives. He brings them in close and he's going to give them a little story. Now, I need you to understand something about Joshua at this point in his life. According to our best guess, based on just, you know, biblical study and stuff, our best guess tells us that Joshua was approximately. 60 years old when he became the leader of Israel. When Moses died and he took over, he was roughly 60 years old. And he died at 110. So he reigned as the leader for Israel for about 50 years. And, and you really capture it in like the first 13 chapters of Joshua. And then after that, like that's the bulk of it. So when you read the book of Joshua, the first like 13 chapters, you're getting a very long time period. And you wouldn't know that. It reads very quick. You're like, this is happening super fast. But it's, just say this word with me. It's long. It's long. And this is going to be important for us to remember this. So in Joshua chapter 23, it says a Christmas message. In Joshua chapter 23, if we'll just start in verse 1, read along with me. I'm reading from the New International Version if you're curious. So if mine looks different, sounds different, that's why. It says this, After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man. He's not just old, people. He is very old. This is going to be really important for you. It says it twice, actually. I love it. Some, he summoned all of Israel, their elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and he said to them, so the narrator tells us, hey, he's very old, and what does Joshua do? He starts off with, I am very old. Like, it's almost like they're trying to really let us know homeboy is old. Any of you old here tonight? Just be brave about it. <laughs> that was rude. That was rude. Somebody pointed at their spouse. That was rude. He was old. <laughs> 
Sorry, I just find it humorous. All right, he said to them, I am very old. You yourselves, now listen to what he says. He knows he's going to die. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember that. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain. The nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself, listen to what he says, the Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you and will take possession of, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you promised you. That word promised is a really important one to Joshua in this chapter. He's going to use that word a lot because he wants to remind them that God promised you something. Now, if we'll just pause right here for a second. He said, here's what the Lord is going to do for you. He's going to push these nations out, right? They've already conquered a bunch of nations. In fact, Joshua, in his rule, in his reign over Israel, he defeated 31 kings. 31. That's a lot of fights. It's all going to matter. There's a lot of fights. Just look at your name and say, that's a lot of fights. He defeated 31 kings, which meant there were multiple battles because, you know, you fight a little army, and then you got to fight a little bit more of an army. They might run away. You got to do it. There's a lot of fighting happening. In, in roughly 50 years of leadership, he defeated 31 kingdoms. And he says, God's going to continue to do what he promised you. In other words, it's not finished yet. What God has promised isn't at its fullest completion yet, but God's going to continue to do this for you. Verse 6. This is where it starts to get really fun. He says, be very strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with those nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Verse 9, the Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routs a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. I love this. But if you turn away, this is important, we need to hear this, this is God's word. But if you turn away and, and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 14, now I am about to go the way of all the earth. Look what he says to him. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Boy, that'll preach right there. You know with all of your heart and your soul that not one of the good promises God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. 
If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. Now, real quick before we dive into this, because I know that's some strong language, and, and church, I just want you to understand something, that... It, early on, it said that, hey, if you turn away from the Lord, guess what's going to happen? All these nations that he was delivering into your hand, he's not going to do that anymore. I want to help you understand Old Testament language here a little bit. Love and hate in the Old Testament language wasn't what you and I would normally think of it in our culture. It had more to do with partnership than it did like a feeling, for example. So when God says, for example, uh, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated... You need, we need to understand that more of, I've partnered and aligned myself with Jacob, and with Esau, he's just going out there. You're tracking with me. Like, this is, this is who I'm in covenant with. I'm not in covenant with these people. I'm in covenant with you. I've aligned myself with you. My provision is for you. I'm working with you. So in this strong language, he's kind of saying, hey, my love is going before you. I'm doing all of this for you, but if you turn your back on me and you go follow somebody else, I'm going to give you what you're going for. You're going to get what you pursue, right? And so then God kind of says, all right, you don't want me. You don't want what I have to offer. Go get what you think you can get. But we know through all of Scripture that what is God constantly doing? He's constantly going back and rescuing them. Why? Because he just can't give us up that easy. And he'll let you wander. He'll let you, but he's always pursuing. And the moment we turn in repentance, he's right there. All of Scripture shows this to us, right? You tracking? I know I say that a lot. I apologize. It's been brought to my attention. It's all right. They made a t-shirt for me. It's, it's good. It's how you know you're loved. Anyway, so Joshua's coming to the end of his life. Remember, he's 110 years old. He's led Israel for 50 years, and he leaves them with a word of encouragement. Here's what you need to do. You need to have courage, be strong, and be very careful to obey everything that God told you in the law of Moses. Don't turn from the left or to the right. Now we're going to go, we're going to go back in time. Go to Joshua chapter 1. I want to show you something amazing. I want to show you why we need every generation in the church. Can I do that for you? Like if you're very old, we need you. We need you. I already prepped. Ray Moody's going to come up and share a testimony. I told him, don't get offended. <laughs> when you hear the context of what this is, but he's going to represent the very old for us tonight. Some of you are like, thank you for not asking me, you know. David already told me I can't ever use him again, so that's how that goes. In Joshua chapter 1, let's look at what the Lord tells Joshua, because in Joshua 23, Joshua is speaking to the people of Israel, but in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord is the one talking to Joshua, and in verse 6, we start, and he says this, be strong and courageous, wait a minute, isn't that what Joshua told the nation of Israel? It is, keep tracking, you're going to get it, be strong and very courageous, verse 7, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now here's what's cool to me is that we have the benefit of knowing the whole story already when Joshua didn't. 
Joshua was told, be strong and very courageous. You better be careful to do everything that I tell you to, Joshua, because I got big plans for, for my chosen people, and you're going to be the one to lead them there, but you got to do what I say because there's only one path. And you're going to have to be strong and courageous. Why? Because you're going to have to go fight 31 kings. And he didn't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some battles coming his way, and the Lord is just so good to just say, son, just be strong and courageous. Because I'm going with you, man. And if you will just do what I tell you, if you'll be obedient to me, if you, weren't, if you won't turn to the left or to the right, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to be successful because I'm going with you. And we fast forward approximately 50 years, and what is the message that Joshua is so passionate about delivering to the people as he's about to pass on? It's the same thing that God had told him 50 years earlier. Nothing changed. Why is that important? Because it teaches us something about God. You already know it. He doesn't change. He's not like shifting shadows. What he said will come to pass if we will be obedient to him. He's got a good will and a good plan for each and every one of us, but he's got the plan. And there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death or destruction, right? But if we will listen to what God speaks to us and we'll commit ourselves, and, and Joshua says to Israel, he says, you got to hold fast. you got to hold fast to the Lord your God. Don't get distracted by all this other stuff that's going on because you're going in and the Lord's already delivered 31 nations into your hand, but there's still work that needs to be done before the promise comes to its fullness, and you got to keep on the same path. It hasn't changed. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't turn to the left or the right. Hold fast. Obey everything that was written. In. Are, you, are you seeing this? After 50 years, Joshua has stayed the same. After 50 years, Joshua can get up in front of an entire nation and declare to them, I've seen the faithfulness of God over these 50 years, and when I held true to what he said, he always delivered every time. Here, Israel, what I'm telling you, that if you will hold fast, if you'll be strong and courageous, because there's going to be bumps in the road, there's going to be battles that have to be won, but I'm telling you that I've watched God for 50 years hold to his word to me because I held to him. And if you, Israel, will do this, you will see God fulfill every promise. That's why he kept reminding them, not one of his good promises ever failed you just hold fast see I think that we desperately need the testimony of Saints who have gone through the seasons of life and have been through the battles that life can throw at you and who can stand up and say to the next generation, hey, I just want you to know that this ain't always going to be an easy road. That you, to follow Jesus, you're going to have to have some strength and you're going to have to be courageous because there's going to be lots of opposition as you live out your lifetime. But I'm telling you that the Lord spoke to me and said, if I will just follow him, if I'll be strong and courageous, not because of what I'm doing, because the Lord said he's going to go before me if I'll just trust in him and I'll follow him and I'll be careful to do what he tells me to not to come up with my own ideas but to do what he said then he's going to get me there and Israel I'm telling you I've lived it and I've seen it and you need to do so and you know what's really cool is that at the end of Joshua it says this that for as long as Joshua lived 
Israel stayed faithful to the Lord. I think there's something about the witness that the elders in the church have that can help everyone else stay faithful. See, when you get old, you might change what you do a little bit. I don't imagine at 110 that Joshua was super excited to go swing a sword anymore. He might have been content with going, let the younger guys swing the swords now. I'll just tell them to stay faithful because I've seen some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Church, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. I want to share this with you, though. You know, your students, their brains are changing. I don't know if you knew that. That's why they, students, that's why sometimes you do things that are irrational. I'm going to come over here and just talk to them for a minute. I'm talking to you guys, but they're my people. They want to sit as far away from you guys as possible because they think you smell funny. <laughs> Students, I want to tell you something. And I'm going to tell the church as I tell you this, but I want you to hear this. About the time you hit your sophomore year of high school, on average, your brain's going to go through a really dramatic change. And what's going to happen is you're going to start to question everything you believe. This is biological. It's going to happen. Some of you will happen a little earlier. Some of you will happen a little later. But here's the good news. There are a bunch of old people whose brains are fully developed. And guess what? We're still following Jesus. You know why? Because we've seen him be faithful. Now listen to me. I love you. I've watched too many kids walk away from their faith because they hit this moment of life and they don't know what to do when they hit there. What you need to do is learn how to sit with some old people and say, tell me how the Lord's been faithful to you so that I know I can still follow him even when I doubt. It'll help you. Why? Because you're going to change and you're going to be introduced to some stuff as you graduate and you move out of your parents' house and you start getting all these new ideas and things thrown at you. That's a good thing. I'm not worried about you finding out different stuff that people believe and doing all that stuff. What I want you to know is that ain't new. Because Joshua told Israel, hey, you're coming into a new place, into a new territory with a bunch of weird gods, but don't turn and follow any of them because they've got nothing good for you. What I want you to know is just because you hear something new doesn't mean it's right. And when you hit those moments when you're like, I'm not sure I believe anymore, I want you to know that there's a lot of people in your church who've been where you're at, who know what it's like to doubt. They might not have been in your specific circumstances, but they know what it's like to go through seasons where you doubt and you struggle and it takes a lot of strength and courage to hold on to your faith. And there's tons of those stories right here in this church. And if you will just be humble enough and it takes humility to go and say, hey, I need somebody to tell me why I should keep following Jesus. What they're not going to give you is this. Because the Bible said so, what they will give you because they love you and they want to encourage you and support you is they'll say, let me tell you how God's been faithful. Let me tell you how God always held his word. But here's the really interesting thing is that it took Joshua 50 years to tell Israel that story. What God had told him 50 years earlier, don't give up, stick to what I'm doing, don't turn to the left or the right. 50 years later, approximately, is when he tells the rest of Israel, and here's why I think that happened that way, is because he actually saw it was true. There's plenty of people in this church right now who have stories of how it took years, seasons of life, to see God prove how faithful he was, because everything's not a microwave solution. And I love you, and I want you to follow Jesus your entire life. And I know that the enemy is going to come, and he's going to attack you the most when you're at this vulnerable place where your mind is changing. And the way you think and everything about that is changing. You've got people here who love you, 
who are here for you, who will support you, and we can't read your mind. You got to talk. You got to be willing to sit down with somebody and say, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Tell me why you still follow Jesus. Because this is also true, that all the old people also went through this change in their brain, and yet we still landed on, I'm going to go with Jesus. As much as we need you in the church, you also need them. You track them with me. You, you need what they got. And so what I did tonight was I got a very old man. I'm kidding. He's not very old, but he's definitely in the older echelon. Mr. Moody, will you come on up here? I wanted to encourage you guys tonight. <clears throat> I thought we were going to get the chairlift for him, but I asked Ray to come up and share a story because I think this will encourage you. I asked him to share a story of God's faithfulness that it's not a story that it happened like the next day, but it took years for him to see God be faithful to what God had said to him, and so he's going to share one of those stories. Oh, oh I didn't understand what you needed. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, I'm least qualified to, to talk about this, but, but this is a pretty good story. So uh, Annie and I, that's Annie right over there, we've been saved now for 17 years. That's hard to believe because, uh, wow, 17 years has flown by, and it's been a blessing being in this church with y'all. love y'all. And I'm, uh, and yes, youth, uh, I'm always here to tell you a joke or talk to you. But anyway, I'll make this quick. So 17 years ago, uh, we moved in next door to Randy and Nicole Waters. And that was, <clears throat> that was quite the thing. But anyway, we got to know them, and they kept talking to us about church. And I said, I'm going to go one time to church. I'm going to go one time. I'll go one time. So we came one time. That was 17 years ago. We've been faithful ever since. So. Uh, we, when we first got saved, we came to church, and pastor was talking about God promises a household salvation. Amen. And we went, God promises a household salvation. So by golly, we're going to get our daughters saved, and two months from now, they're going to be going to church with us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, um, <laughs> we prayed, and we kept praying, and we kept standing on the word, and we kept praying, and we kept praying, and we kept praying, and... They're, they're still not here in church with us, but we see what's happened. And we've been through a lot of things. I, I could tell you a lot of stories where we've prayed and eventually God answered. And I could tell you a whole bunch of stories where we prayed and he answered right away. Um, but uh, 17 years later, it was about 10 years in, we started seeing changes. And uh, we bought them Bibles and we talked to them and we invited them to church and we did everything we could do. And they said things like, well, you didn't get saved till you were older. And we said, well, you're one heartbeat away from meeting Jesus, so you better get saved. So um, long story short, our middle daughter, Megan, who I thought would be the toughest nut to crack, God worked on her, and our little granddaughter, Juliana, is attending a Christian um, school. And she gets up at 5.30 every morning and reads the Bible, and they go to Rock City Church in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, so I, we saw that happen gradually. And we were like, wow, we thought Aubrey, our oldest daughter, would be the easiest. She's turned out to be the hardest. Our youngest daughter, Sarah, uh, just four or five years ago, uh, her husband started reading the Bible. She started reading the Bible. Uh, their uh, little boy, Jacob, is in um, preschool. And he's a Christian preschool. And I can see them. I can see it happening. They were attending Rock City, and then they moved back to Lima. So... 
over this 17-year period, um, at first we were, you know, we didn't know. We were like, well, but we just kept saying God promised. And you know, if God promises, it's yay and amen. And we just kept saying it's yay and amen, didn't we, honey? We just kept saying it's yay and amen. And sure enough, over the course of that 17 years, now we're still working on the oldest daughter and God's still working on her and her husband and our grandkids, but we know it's going to happen. We, we know he's faithful and it's going to happen. Absolutely. So, so that's, um, that's my story. I love it. I didn't know what he was going to share. Give, yeah, that's so good. And here's why this is important. If you're a young parent and you got a kid that just walked away from Jesus, they're in the journey still for 17 years. Sometimes it takes time, church. Now, how does this tie into Christmas? Well, let me tell you. Because God made a promise. He made a promise. If you go to Matthew chapter 1, he's so good. Man, God, thank you for sharing that. I just, if you're here today and you got a family member far from Jesus, man, I just encourage you to just receive that testimony. I got family members I'm praying for, and you know what? Eternity's way too long of a time to not care and not, to not stay persistent in the prayer for their souls, you know? So keep going, man. God's going to be faithful because that's what he does. Matthew chapter 1, we get a promise. If you go to verse 22. It's quoting from an even older time out of the Old Testament. Verse 22 of Matthew chapter 1 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken or had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Church, I want to encourage you today that he is still Emmanuel. He's still God with us. Now, what does this have to do with Joshua? Everything. Because Paul wrote and he told the church, we got to endure many hardships to enter the kingdom. And the Bible says that he said that to him to strengthen them. Life is long. And we live in a fallen world. And Joshua hung his hat on. God said he would be with me. And all I had to do was just do what he asked me to. If I just went where he said to go, do what he said to do, don't turn to the left or the right, don't get distracted by any other flashy object as I go through the land, that he's going to get me there. And Joshua did it, and he said, I've, I've done it. I've walked the walk, and God has been faithful to me. No, none of his good promises has failed to me. And he tells Israel, if you'll continue, you'll see the same thing. Church, he's called Emmanuel, God, with us. In Matthew 28, we get to the end of, we start Matthew's gospel with, he's the God that's with you. In Matthew 28, as, as Jesus is getting ready to go, he's done his work here on earth. He gives the great commission. And, and just like Joshua and Israel, they had a mission. There was something for them to do. They were supposed to go in and take the land and establish the kingdom of God. Look at what we have, church. Matthew 28, starting in verse uh, 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Doubt's not. Doubt's normal in your life. I just, I want you to hear that. If you're someone that doubts, these are people who saw the resurrected Savior. And they're still struggling with what it means. If you're dealing with doubt, stay in community. That they, the doubters were still there worshiping. 
Stay with, stick with what you know and watch the faithfulness of God just overcome that doubt, those feelings of like, what are we doing here? Just let God be God. When, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. We have a commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Israel had a mission and they had a promise. Be strong and courageous and go in and do what I tell you to. Don't turn to the left or the right, but I'm going to go with you and I'm going to go before you and I'm going to fight for you and you're going to get this. We're not trying to conquer land anymore. We're trying to conquer hearts. Because Jesus has given his church a new mission. This new mission is go out into all the world because I've got all the authority. Go out and go reach people for my kingdom. We're building a new kingdom now. Go out and reach them and teach them and baptize them and command them to obey everything that I've taught you. Doesn't that sound a lot like what God told Joshua? Be careful to obey everything I've commanded you. It hasn't changed because he's the same God. The mission changed. But the God who authorized it is the same. And Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us. He showed up in human flesh to show us how really with us he is. And Jesus finishes this gospel with Hey, I'm going to continue to be with you. He hasn't left us. Church, he's still with you. Paul wrote to the church and he said, hey, you're going to endure many hardships to enter the kingdom. I think of Paul's life, and you know, you know he's got that one chapter where he's just like, I shouldn't be talking like this, but I'm going to talk like this. Nobody's been flogged more than me. Nobody's been shipwrecked more than me. Nobody's been stoned more than me. Nobody's been beaten more than me. In fact, in the scripture, I, let's just look at it because I think it's kind of humorous. In Acts chapter 14, humorous in the best possible way because I just think to myself, who would do this? The apostle Paul would. In Acts chapter 14, if you go to verse 19, it says, then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. That's great. Follow Jesus. Your life's going to be wonderful. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city because that's what you do when you get stoned. You just... Get back up and walk right back into where they stoned you. And the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby, and they preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. And then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. It takes a lot of strength and courage to follow Jesus. And the good news is, most of us are not going to be beaten or stoned or flogged or shipwrecked for our faith. The commission's for all of us to go. And the promise is that he is still Emmanuel, God with us. And the good news is, if you are one of the lucky few, according to Paul, who does get beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, flogged, you know, it's going to be okay. 
because God's with you. And then you're just going to get back up, and you're going to keep going. Why? Because I have a promise, and he's not going to fail me on his promises. So no matter what comes my way, I know I've got to endure a lot of hardship to enter the kingdom. Joshua had to go through a lot of hardship to get the promise. Church, the promise hasn't been fulfilled in its fullness yet. No, it's fulfilled completely when Jesus makes all things new. When he comes back again. Church, we have a promise that he's coming back again. And we're going to get to enjoy the fullness of knowing that God didn't fail any of his promises if we will hold fast. How are you going to hold fast? Knowing that Jesus is right there with you. I love that in Acts, Paul says, the Lord came and stood by my side. And then again, I think it's in Timothy. He tells Timothy at a completely separate occasion, he says, the Lord came and stood at my side. Jesus isn't far from you. And I don't know what life is doing to you right now. I don't know if you're in the midst of the hardship and the struggle because those moments happen. What I want to encourage you with is hold fast to your faith because the same God who walked faithfully with Israel is still walking faithfully with his people today. Don't give up. And in the midst of your struggle, when it is hard, and it's hard to see, God, where are you? Come to the elders. Come to the very old in faith. And ask them to tell you the story. What has God done for you? How has he been faithful? Because just knowing what's right and what's wrong, the Pharisees did that, and Jesus criticized them pretty, pretty harshly. When somebody's in the midst of the struggle and the hardship, and they're... they're trying desperately to maintain their faith, the last thing they need to be told is the right and wrong thing to do. Sometimes what people really need to hear is, let me tell you how God's been faithful. And then let's talk about how God's been faithful to you. We got to be there for one another. But above all, we have to be confident that Emmanuel is still with us. Because Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, he said, here's the deal. Uh, at first, he says, in my first defense, no one came to my aid, but the Lord stood with me. When he entered into this hardship, he says, nobody else came to help me, but the Lord was with me. Now, people did come and support him, but at first, no one else was there but Jesus. And that's enough. It's enough. So if you're doubting tonight, if you're heading into Christmas, and you're like, man, I just don't know. This has been hard for me, the difficulties, the struggles of life. This is just how could this be? If God is really with me, if he loves me, why would I be going through these things? Because we will. Jesus didn't lie to us. You're going you're gonna to encounter trouble, but I'm with you, right? I'll give you peace. If you're struggling tonight, I'd love to pray for you. I'm going to dismiss everyone, but if you're struggling with doubt in your faith, then I want to pray with you. So after I dismiss everybody, if you'd like prayer for that, I want to join with you. I want to stand with you. And if you're an older person, I'm going to ask for older people in the church. If you're an older person and you've got some faith stories, you can tell some people, hey, I just held on to God through thick and thin and God was faithful to me. Then I'm going to ask you to come down to the front too and just wait and let somebody come to you and we're going to pray for them. Because we all enter seasons where it's hard to hold on.
but we can all get through them. You can enter that season, but don't stay there. Keep on trusting. God will be faithful. Amen, church? Amen. He's with us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that your son came and he proved that you are Emmanuel, you are God with us. The same God that was with Israel, that was faithful to them, that, that as they just held firm to their faith in you, as they walked in obedience to how you taught them to live, Father, you brought them every good promise. Every promise was fulfilled because you are the promise-keeping God. You are faithful. And I pray for us as your children, as your sons and daughters, that we won't be intimidated or scared by the hardships and difficulties of this life. We know that we're going to go through many hardships to enter your kingdom, but we're not going through them alone. We, like Israel, want to remember that you are the one who goes before us, that you are the one that's fighting our battles on our behalf because you're with us. You're not distant or absent or absent-minded. You're very aware, and you're leading us faithfully like a good shepherd. Help us to look to you. Help us to not rely on our own wisdom, but in all of our ways to acknowledge you, to lean into your presence, into your witness, into your words, into your voice. God, knowing that you'll be faithful to us, and I thank you for it. For all those tonight who are here who are doubting and struggling with their faith, Father, they're struggling to hold on. I pray that as we pray over them, as we lay hands on them, Father, that they would just be infused with strength and courage by the power of your spirit. Father, that they would have strength to go another day holding on to their faith knowing that you've been faithful, that there's a, there's a crowd of witnesses to the faithfulness of God in this house. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Church, we love you. If you would like to receive prayer, if you're struggling with some doubt and you'd like to be prayed over tonight, then we're going to dismiss everybody else, but come on down. I'd love to pray over you.